Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I've got David Phillips on the other line today. And what happened was somebody sent me an email article, and it's, I'm not going to mention the name of the ministry, but it says seven end times scenarios. So let me read what he is saying here. One, a secondary surge of the coronavirus contagion. Two, a severe stock market crash. A massive power outage, shutting down computers, canceling jobs. Doesn't understand what's coming. You see, yeah, there is a massive power outage possibility, but he's not tying it to prophecy here. War erupting. Well, duh. There's always a chance of war erupting. Massive earthquakes. Well, again, that's an easy one. That's right out of Matthew 24. Number six, the ultimate unimaginable and nuclear holocaust. Seven, an amalgam of unexpected swift events exploding in tandem with each other. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. David, start off with a few you've written down. Dan, what I heard was just a hodgepodge of bad things, right? But in my mind, I was thinking, well, we need to be logical here, right? We need to take a sequential order of things and how they actually happen. So Stan said, David, make me a list. And so in five minutes, here was my list. Number one, a global economic collapse probably started in either Asia or Europe with the U.S. being last to really feel the major effects of it. Number two, uh, because of the no taxes coming in, uh, increased government control and definition of essential resources and management of those essential resources, meaning food, water, natural gas, electricity, those types of things. Number three, civil struggles versus the government And unrest, especially in America or what are traditionally seen as free countries because of the clampdowns by governments on the people. Number four, increased civil violence and robberies due to massive unemployment and the lack of the basic needs that were traditionally supplied by things like the welfare programs. Number five, continued increase in food and water prices due to the unavailability and due to natural disasters, pandemics, and the rationing that we uh, talked about before. Number six, healthcare collapses due to increased managed care and therefore rationed care because of the poverty, right? Nobody can pay for that. Number seven, wars and the blame game, trying to give everybody some type of enemy, uh, whatever it may be to organize people against somebody or something. And then the final result, which I'll call number eight, being the requirement of a new order, a new world order, where you have a call to political, economic, social, and religious unity. That was my quick list. Okay. Well, let me give you my off-the-top-of-my-head list of the things that I'm looking for. Sometimes I do think that 2020 is going to be the start of judgment, just like Shane Warren says. Sometimes I do think that 2020 is going to be the year that the Russians will attack. But, 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 sometimes I don't. (laughs) Sometimes I can see it where we probably got 2023, 2025, somewhere in there. I honestly don't know. In some of my private conversations with our closest friends, I honestly don't know. Sometimes I think it's soon. Sometimes I think 
It is not soon. Sometimes I think we may have five to seven years. I honestly don't know. Now, with that in mind, here's what I am looking for. The anger in the hearts of Americans, just like the coronavirus comes along, people are already starting to get angry. They're picking up shooting arms and going down and standing in the capital of their particular state with an AR-15 hung around their neck with several clips. And, I mean, it looks like they are going to war, and they go down to the Capitol. I do not think that that should be done. I disagree with that. As as strongly as I can possibly say, don't do foolish things like that. Don't threaten our leaders at any level with some kind of, any, any kind of a threat especially if it's some kind of a weapon, any kind of a weapon, but even on a sign or with our mouth, don't threaten our leaders. Instead, we should be praying for them. We should be supporting them. Yes, even the Democrats, even the bad guys. I mean, we have to work together. We really do. But back to my point, I can see that if there is much more anger in the hearts of people, God looks at that as sin. And if there's more of that, and that could very well be, we could see this whole thing with Israel and Kushner and Trump, well-meaning as they may be, they push this whole deal of the century on Israel. That could happen, and it could happen this year. I want to think it's not any sooner than next year. And I want to think that it's several more years off, or maybe not at all. I certainly pray that it is not going to happen. And then I also, every day, just like I did today, Lord, please do not let those suitcase nukes go off. Not in 2020, not in 2021. Instead, cause them to be discovered and bring justice to the people behind them. We do not want these bad things coming to America. We do not. We must, look, we have to stand in the gap. You remember the scripture says, I looked for someone to stand in the gap and I found none, so I had to bring the judgment on them. That's not exactly quoted right, but that's what it says. So we have to stand in the gap. So I'm looking for, if we don't pray, I'm looking for a big earthquake down the center of America. I'm looking for possible suitcase nukes. I don't want to believe it's coming this year, but it could. And if it doesn't come next year or this year, then there's a higher probability it'll come next year. I am also looking for economic. Uh, As we're saying, the economic crash, anybody can say that there's going to be some kind of a stock market crash because there's always stock market crashes. And there's always up and down in the economy. But the interesting part of it is what is going to cause it. I can see, like the prophecy of the cows, the two cows, there one was born the day before, but the information, they're both released to the public on a Shemitah, September 25th of 2014. That, in my opinion, is not an accident. The black and white cow, now whether it actually happens like this, is out of my control. I can only tell you what the prophecy says. If it is God, then it would be saying the black and white cow is saying that there's about to be some people that are very blessed. There's about to be some people that is very hurt. See, in 1929, when the stock market collapsed, there was some people that went belly up. I mean, they lost everything. That would be the white. But there were some people that keep their mouth shut that were made filthy rich in 1929. 
And that's basically, it was the money moving from the uninformed to the pockets of the informed. So those would be the black. So the same thing happened in 1929. There was the black and the white cow that hit then. Some people got a lot of money. Some people lost a lot of money. I believe we're about to see the same thing this year, possibly even starting this month. That's the black and white cow. We already believe, or at least I do, that we're in our last seven years of plenty starting September 25th, a Shemitah. Shemitah means seven, like we say couple means two, or a dozen means 12. Shemitah means seven. So in the, you have these two cows born on a Shemitah day, both of them with big seven right across their forehead, if you've seen the pictures. That's not an accident. The red cow means seven years of famine. So there's a very, I mean, there's a lot of things that the 400 years, the 40 years of Dimitri, I mean, all of this, I've talked about it a lot of times. There's a lot of things saying that the tribulation, like Terry Bennett was told, will start in 2022. But then sometimes I think, no, it's going to be more like 2025, 2030. I don't know. 2030s, I don't know. Honestly, don't. What I am looking for, I'm watching for the black and white right now. I believe that there's going to be a time like there's going to be like a, a, a like a stock market crash. Only I'm not saying it's of the stock stock market. I'm trying to say there's about to be a financial change. Why? Because we're coming into world government. This QFS that finalwakeupcall.info had out is just awesome. So we do know that they are based upon what he said, they are setting up a new quantum financial system, a new system, a new financial system is coming on order. We know that since the Pope has asked the religions of the world to meet in September and sign a paper that they're forming a world religion, we do know that a world religion is coming someday from prophecy. But what we may discover is 2020 is the year that that new religion comes into fruition. We may also see that this new financial system starts in 2020. Okay, so what about world government? Well, I believe we are in the early throes of the world government being formed. There's more than one group of people saying that this is a good idea. Now, Trump is their big problem because Trump is he's a nationalist. He's saying, I'm the president of the United States, not the president of the world. Well, good for him. Stay with that. I think I have just finished the first draft of my book that I'm going to call Secrets and Daniel. Probably get that to the printer here in the next month or so. But then I've, <laughs> I've also already started on my next book, which is talking about the rapture. You remember August 7th of 2019, Andre Bronkhorst of South Africa came in and prophesied to Leslie and I, and her and I both agree this is the most accurate, right-on, most specific prophecy we have had in our life, and we have had a lot of prophecies. One of the things he said is that the next book you're going to write is, he's talking about the, I believe he was talking about the rapture. He says it's going to be the last book that you write, and he says if you think that people have come against you in the past, that's nothing compared to what this book is going to do. And he says, this one is going to be written directed to the church. Well, it's I'll have to get to tell you the whole story, 
But anyway, I have started on it, and it's talking about the rapture. And the first, I already know the names of the first three chapters. The first chapter is going to be writing a letter to the pastors. And I'm going to be saying, I understand. So I'll take a second and explain about that. I understand. So if you're a pastor out there, if you're a church leader, I do. I really understand why you are pre-trib. I mean, I, I can imagine some 13 or 14-year-old little teenager Little girl comes up and she's crying and big tears are running down her face. And she's scared because she's read parts of Revelation or she's heard about something that's coming, having to do with the last days. I understand your heart as a pastor is to take away the hurt, to make them feel comfortable and to fix things. Yes, I I do understand. And I understand why you would tell them, oh, you don't have to worry about that because we're going to be out of here. We're going in a pre-trib rapture. I understand when one, some dear, sweet little old lady comes up and she's very frail and you just love her to pieces. She's just a sweetheart. I understand. And yet she has tears running down her cheeks. And like the teenage girl, she's afraid of the last days. I understand. I understand why you would also tend to tell her, oh, you don't have to worry about this. Jesus is going to come in the clouds. He's going to pull you up. You aren't going to have to go through. You're not going to see the mark of beast. You're not going to see the Antichrist. You're not going to see it. You're not going to have to go. I understand. Okay, that's going to be the whole chapter going through several of those. And I'm going to talk about the 501c3. I'm going to talk about how, here I'll tell you another little story. I was visiting, I'm going to say I was probably 25 or 30 years old. I visited my old church, the church that I was actually a founding member of years ago. I visited them. And I was there for the Sunday school. And there was, I don't know, 20 some odd people in the Sunday school. And they had this young man that was teaching the Sunday school, and I thought he did a good job. Now, again, at that time, I was not in the ministry, and I had no interest of being in the ministry. If you'd have walked up to me and said, one day you're going to be in the ministry, I'm going to say, I would probably would have said something like, yeah, in one of these days, your head won't be cracked open like it is right now because I'm not going to be in the ministry. Okay, so but anyway, I was walking up to him to say, man, it was a really good job. I really enjoyed your message. But there was a man that stepped in front of me, and I don't know his real name. I just knew him from when I grew up in that church, and his name was Hawk. That's what everybody called him. Well, I was about to discover why they called him Hawk. But I watched this guy that was a board member rip this young man of probably 19, 20 years old that apparently had just got out of Bible college, had just been hired by the church to be the associate pastor, and he ripped him left and he ripped him right. And he was saying, you don't need to be talking about that, and you didn't do a very good job here. And he did it in front of me and a couple of other people there. I was embarrassed for the guy. So I understand. That's another one of the understands. I understand when a pastor has a board member that is telling him what to preach, what not to preach. And I understand the board member because they have their name on the deed and on the, what do you call it, the, 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 the loan papers where they have borrowed money, 
a group of people has gone into the bank and they've signed and they have put some of their property up as collateral, signed for the loan to build this building. And they're on the hook for this 20 or 25 or 30 years. I understand a board member wants to make certain that the payments are made. I understand. I understand that that board member is interested to see that the people are in the pews and as the offering plate is passed, there's plenty of them dropping the money in so that they can get that mortgage paid off. And some of them these days have pretty nice churches. I understand. But, and then this, the second chapter is going to be is, but will the people understand? And that is, will the people understand when there's no rapture? When they find themselves in front of the Antichrist, and they're handing out the mark of the beast, and they're lopping off heads, are they going to understand? Are they going to understand? So that second chapter is going to be, are they going to understand? And then I'll go into a lot of examples there. And then the third chapter... <laughs> can't believe I'm telling you all of this. Maybe I don't have anything to say for the broadcast today. The third chapter is going to be, will God understand? Will God understand that you told your people and you taught your people a lie? That either you knew it was a lie or simply out of lack of reading and studying his word, you taught a lie out of ignorance. Is God going to understand? Is he going to say, oh, well, I understand. Now, yes, we had a pretty large number of people in your congregation fall away when the hard times hit because they weren't prepared. Oh, I understand. Is God going to understand? Is God going to understand when he says, yes, we had many of your congregation actually take the mark of the beast. Here they are, and he shows you them in eternity with the beast, the false prophet, and Lucifer, and they're tormented, and the smoke of their torment is sent up day and night, and they have no rest, who worship the beast, or his image, or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Is God going to understand when all of those people, several of them, many of them, throughout your lifetime, counted on you to bring them the truth? They counted on you. They didn't read the Bible. They should have, but they didn't read the Bible. It was I was it was responsible before God for them to read the Bible, but but they didn't. They were counting on you. They were counting on you to steer them in the right direction, and you didn't. Is God going to understand? Now, probably after that, then I will go into some scriptures, and I can explain, and I can show some scriptures. Look, you know, I've made three DVDs on the Rapture. I participated in a live three-hour debate on the rapture. Bub, I do know the scriptures about the rapture. And I also, because of the 30 revelations, the two visions, the audible voice, and secret door to understand Bible prophecy book, I understand how it really plays out. And so when I get into the part about explaining how the rapture really happens and the fact that no one, let me say it again, no one gets pulled into the air to avoid any persecution. I can't say that there's no rapture because there is. But the rapture takes place after the burning of the tares. Matthew 13, 30, gather you first the tares, that's the sinners, bind them into bundles, that's them being gathered down into the valley of Jehoshaphat or the valley of Jezreel for Armageddon. 
then gather my wheat into the barn. Where the wheat? So that means after all of the burning, after the tears, after all of the sinners have been removed, then, and only then, the dead that are in the ground, the dead in Christ, rise first. And then probably in a split second, you probably couldn't tell the difference between the dead rising, then the people that are alive and remain, and this is after the burning, this is the day of the Lord, in the evening tide they are, and the morning they are not. Means that all of the tears are removed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. What's the last trump? Well, that would be the seventh trump. There's not an eighth. The seventh trump. That takes place on the day of the Lord, on the last feast of trumpets. And that's the way it happens. So no one, there is, let me just put it this way. There is a rapture, but there is not a rapture to save anyone. No one is getting sucked into the air. No one gets to avoid the tests. But if you are diligent, like, for example, if you've read my books, especially Miss the Mark, and you've got your heart in the right place, and you have your if you set your jaw that there is nothing that anyone can do to make you take that mark, they can kill your body, but they are not getting your soul. Your soul belongs to Jesus. If you've set your heart, because you've read that Miss the Mark book, if you've set your heart, you're not going to take that mark of the beast. Then you become an overcomer. At the moment when that first seal is opened, at that moment, you become a tribulation saint. You are then, as a saint, in the tribulation. The moment you see the beast, you hear the beast, at that moment, you are an overcomer up until the point you either take the mark or you die, one or the other. As soon as you see him, you are an overcomer. And at that point, you're either an overcomer, and that means you get all the blessings. You get to see his face. You never have to leave the New Jerusalem. You get a white stone written, and you get to drink the river water of life. You get wonderful and powerful blessings at that moment. But at what moment you throw away, and this is probably one of the greatest blessings in the kingdom to become an overcomer. I mean, there's what, eight different places in the Bible. It talks about the wonderful overcomer, and he that overcometh shall inherit all things. I will be his God, and he should be my son. Many of those, but at what time we take that mark of the beast or worship his image, bend the knee or take a mark, bend the knee or take a mark, either one of those two things, bend the knee or take the mark of the beast, then we're tormented eternally with no hope of escape. David? For people just deep down to think that bad things could be coming, I think that that's an interesting change uh, from what people have talked about before, which is just good times will be coming in all the time. But you, Stan, have been talking, have been sharing the prophetic warning of judgment for decades. And so my question to you, Stan, is what do you have to say to the listeners about this season of change? First of all, I want to say I love you. I love you guys, you ladies. I I love you. I want to say also that Jesus loves you. I want to say that Jesus loves you so much that he wants to use you. Why? Because he wants to bless you. The way he blesses you is not pulling you out of trouble. It's putting you in trouble. Look, let's take, for example, Saul. He killed Christians. If God had not intervened in Saul's life, 
with the light on the road to Damascus, and it turned him from being Saul the Christian killer to Paul the Christian maker, from Saul that ran people away from Jesus to Paul that brought people to Jesus. Did not God bless Paul far more because he wouldn't let him be a Saul? Our blessing before God come because God does bring tests, because God does use us. He does pull us up out of the mud, wash us off, put his word inside us, and point to the vineyard and say, there, go and serve in my vineyard. That's, my brothers and sisters, where we get our blessings. God wants to bless you. I love you. I love you for listening. I love you for supporting. I love you because you love the Lord Jesus, because you love Bible prophecy. I love you. I want to see you at that crusade. I want to walk up and hug your neck and look into your eyes. Starting to get emotional. I want to tell you I love you. I love you for Jesus. He loves you. He loves you so much. He wants you in his kingdom. He wants you to bring more people into his kingdom. He loves you, and he wants to send you into the face of the enemy with his spirit and his power, like the two witnesses. And if you'll turn your life over to him, I didn't say just a prayer. If you'll turn your life over to him, he will bless you. He will provide. He will protect. And when you get to heaven, you'll hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Let me show you the blessings I have for you. Hi, everyone. This is Leslie. I want you to get a gift for your wife, your mom, your sister, your daughter, or maybe all four. I have made a special Mother's Day package of three books, two anointing oils, and my wonderful virtuous perfume. My first book is called The Perfect Touch. I wrote it because God showed me a vision of a red rose, which is on the cover, and he showed me what to put in the book. You might even want to include a rose when you give them this gift. This book helps us to recognize God is speaking to us in everyday life. The Perfect Touch Anointing Oil, which has more of a rose scent, is so beloved by many people. My second book is called Crown of Glory, which shows us how we can receive some of the crowns now, but also the ones we'll receive in eternity. My Crown of Glory Anointing Oil is a strong scented oil for praying for people and anointing your homes and even yourself. It is the oil for spiritual battles. The book More Than a Ruby is a fun book filled with laughter. It helps men and women learn how the other sex thinks and why God made us different. He made the ladies to be feminine and the men to be masculine, and that is the way it should be. It tears down many of the walls dividing marriages. This book has saved marriages. My newest perfume is called Virtuous. God helped me choose the genuine flower scents which went into this perfume. How do you tell a radio audience the perfume is awesome? Well, I'll just tell you it's awesome. It is awesome and you will love it. I'm excited to offer it. I hope you will give it to the women in your life. That's three books, two anointing oils, and one perfume valued at $145 for a gift to the ministry of only $100. Order the Mother's Day gift offer at prophecyclub.com. Order it by May 1st and get it in the lower 48 states by Mother's Day, virus permitting. I want you to come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade because I want to see you rise several levels higher with God. I want you to become a soul winner, prophecy teacher, and miracle worker in the tribulation, which is soon to arrive. Leslie and I will lay hands on you, anoint you with oil for you to receive a higher anointing in God 
as others have. Leslie will teach you her school of the prophets to help you develop more spiritually. I will teach you how to become a prophecy teacher, giving accurate interpretations of Bible prophecy. Go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and register before the room rate increases. And if you'll stay at the Hyatt and get the meal package, you'll help Prophecy Club organize the crusade. Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com Register today. Emergency food is almost sold out everywhere. However, because of our relationship with HeavensHarvest.com, they have made an entire truckload available to Prophecy Club in a few weeks where others are totally out or waiting for months. They have all sorts of emergency supplies and food at HeavensHarvest.com. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables. HeavensHarvest.com makes it easy to order. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN. That's HeavensHarvest.com, promo code S-T-A-N. HeavensHarvest.com, promo code STAN. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings without interruption. Watch ProphecyClub.com. 